Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Hey, what's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. Today, me and LaGreca take you through a three-hour Monday Night Raw. Edge and Drew McIntyre, who will Edge choose to challenge? Will it be Drew or will it be Roman? Me and Dave give our takes. We saw the debut of Damian Priest side-by-side with Bad Bunny. Do you dig Bad Bunny? Do you understand why he's around? How will the WWE benefit from having Bad Bunny there? And Damian Priest and Edge with the biggest rub we've seen since The Undertaker and John Cena. We also talk about Alexa Bliss and how great of a job that she has been doing lately. Are you intrigued in the direction of Randy and Alexa and The Fiend? So much, including some more Royal Rumble fallout today on the Busted Open Podcast. So here we are. We had we both, and and I think most of the nation would agree, loved the Royal Rumble this past Sunday. What did you think of the follow up show on Monday Night Raw last night, Bully? Thought Raw was a good show. Good show, entertaining, served its purpose. Like like I said about two weeks ago, Dave, I'm I'm trying to watch these shows, uh, especially now with the WWE. I'm so programmed to enjoy cohesive storytelling i haven't really gotten that on a week-to-week basis with the entire show there hasn't been threads uh from week to week Uh, some stories like the charlotte story uh has a thread um maybe the uh you know the the orton and edge stuff has a thread but for the most part it's just we're putting on a three-hour show we're going to try to give you the most entertainment entertaining matches and segments here it is um you're either going to like it this week or you're not going to like it this week and we're going to move on next week so as far as a three-hour block of wrestling last night and entertainment i thought it was a good show uh, a lot easier to watch than many other shows that we've uh, discussed in the past um some uh, some good stuff like you know the returning Carlito uh, that was good. Uh, I really liked what I saw from Alexa Bliss last night. I'm gonna put her over to the moon today. Um, really liked the Edge Orton match. I mean, how could you not? I mean, right off the bat, I think Orton and Edge register and sold more in that match than I've seen from a lot of people this entire year. So lots of good stuff on Raw. Maybe one or two wonky things, but hey, it's Raw. We come to expect it. Yeah, and I, you know what? Um, I really liked Raw last night. Uh, I thought it was a good follow-up to the Royal Rumble, and it, it flowed very well. Like you said, I was I was entertained throughout. Yeah, there's always going to be a couple of things. But, but Bully, when you have a three-hour show, there's going to be at least a couple of things that probably are going to bother you. But I really enjoyed it. And, you know, there's a lot to get into from that show last night. Um, 
And I want to start with what you just mentioned, and that's Edge and Randy Orton. You know, to get Edge and Randy Orton in 2021 on Monday Night Raw is definitely a gift. I'm just surprised that they didn't advertise Edge and Orton for Monday Night Raw. I found out about it in, in, in the body of the show, and Michael Cole said, Edge and Orton for the last time, and he, and he repeated that during the match as well. Being that that was going to be the last time they were going to face one another, I'm extremely surprised that that's something they didn't promote beforehand. Edge versus Orton was definitely uh, on the table, in the cards, to happen again. I'm just not sure that they expected it to happen as early as last night. And if they did, let's say that they knew going into the Rumble that on Raw last night we were getting Edge Orton 3. I cannot figure out why you would not advertise it, especially when your rating, I mean, their ratings are not through the roof. I mean, they're creeping back up into like the 1-7 area, I guess. But that's something that I would advertise, especially if you're advertising it as the last time ever. Vince McMahon is a huge fan of first time ever type stuff. Well, if I know it's the last time I'm going to get Edge and Orton in the ring, I'm probably going to tune in. And I'm glad I tuned in because... You know, listen, uh, my tweet when the show was done last night was as accurate of an assessment of those two guys as possible. It's great to, to see two great workers working a great match, and I'm very selective about the words I use. I didn't say wrestlers, and I did not say performers. I said workers, because when it comes to workers in this business, there's only a handful of true workers left. And Randy Orton and Edge are the epitome of the word worker. They worked a great match. They sold. They registered. Everything that they did meant something. They made it all mean something, and it was a good match. And even though we got a little bit of a weird finish with Alexa getting involved, it all made sense. Didn't bother me at all. Yeah, and and now you know where they're going. Because going into the Rumble, Bully, you and I were talking a lot about, well, at some point, Edge and Orton are going to meet again, and this is where it's going to lead. That's why I didn't think Edge was going to win the Royal Rumble on Sunday, because I thought they were going to continue with Orton and Edge. Obviously, that's not happening. And listen, it's the world of pro wrestling, Bully. I mean, they could th- things can change, you know. Even though they said it was the last time, that doesn't mean it really was the last time. I mean, they, they could just take a page out of Gene Simmons' playbook, you know? Kiss has gone on a final tour at least a half a dozen times now. Yeah, and I mean, even in the world of the WWE, I mean, it was, you know, one time only Rock and Cena, and then the next year the main event was Rock and Cena. So, listen, everything can change. But for at least now, Bully, I, I understand it because Edge is going on to a championship title picture, and we'll get into that in just a second. But, you know, Randy Orton obviously continuing this story with Alexa Bliss and The Fiend. The Fiend that we have not seen now in weeks since the incident with Randy Orton. So that's extremely compelling. And compelling is the word when we we talk about Alexa Bliss, The Fiend, and Randy Orton. But I do want to go back to Edge, your Royal Rumble winner from Sunday, and how Raw started uh, last night. And that is with Drew McIntyre. You know, shame is coming out, but Edge. And Edge, you know, 
talking to to uh, Drew McIntyre. You know, Drew McIntyre giving all that praise to Edge, talking about how Edge was a mentor to him. And I love the fact that Edge was like like a verbal slap in the face. Like, what are you doing? I am now your enemy. I just won the Rumble, so I'm going to be. Cha- I could be challenging you for that championship. So enough with the pleasantries, enough with being nice. Let's get into gear because it's WrestleMania season. And I could not agree more with that promo. I guess they're trying to present Drew as more of a a gentlemanly type world champion, a real man's man type of world champion who knows how to take the easy way out, but will never take the easy way out. He wants to make it as difficult on, on himself as possible. I'm not gonna I, I'm not gonna jump you edge the minute you come through the ropes, even though that's what you suggested. Nope, I'm gonna stand here, I'm gonna put you over. And then if you decide to choose me at WrestleMania, I'm gonna fight you one on one straight up and I'm gonna beat you and then I'm gonna shake your hand afterwards. And if for some reason you beat me, I'm still gonna shake your hand afterwards. He's killing Edge with kindness and Edge being an old old school veteran who comes from the attitude era knows that kid you can't be killing me with kindness during this time of the year this is the first monday night raw after the royal rumble we're on our way to wrestlemania you need to do whatever you have to do to put everybody on high alert that 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 even though one guy on another show claims he's the head of the table and the top dog you have to show us why you're the head of the table and the top dog around here don't let me come in this ring and kiss my ass how about i come in this ring and you kick my ass i love it i love it and also too like i love the fact that edge is coming out there he hasn't made a decision i i love when they do that like you know we're going to see Edge on SmackDown on Friday. I, I, what a great story this is going to tell before he makes his final decision. Because if I'm Edge, who do I want to go after? The kind and gentle Drew McIntyre that looks at me as a mentor? Or am I going to go after the champion that's on Friday Night SmackDown that says he's the head of the table and the, and the guy that's controlling the WWE? If I'm Edge, I'm probably going after the champion on SmackDown because that's the guy that's boasting he's the best. So I kind of love that that little kick in the ass that Edge gave Drew McIntyre uh, last night. And and it's, it brings up an interesting question, Bully, and it, not just for you, but for the Busted Open Nation as well. Who is Edge going to go after when it comes to what we're going to see in the main event at WrestleMania? Is it going to be Drew McIntyre or is it going to be Roman Reigns? I mean, Edge versus Drew is going to be a good wrestling match if that's the the way they decide to go. But what does Roman need? What does Paul Heyman need going into WrestleMania? They need somebody that they can tell stories with. We need some great Paul Heyman promos. We need somebody that can hang with Paul Heyman on the stick. And then we need somebody who can have that great match with, with Roman. And we have to have a pseudo baby face and we need to have a heel. And I think that Edge fits it, especially with the promo part. So I, I really don't know what the story would be with Edge. Uh, actually, I don't want know what the story would be, you know, with, with Roman either. I'm sure they'll hopefully come up with something. But Edge versus Drew, other than, yeah, it'll be a good match. That's about it. Edge versus Roman. That's a hell of a story and a buildup to me just because of Edge and Heyman on the microphone. 
And what they have done too to make you kind of to kind of hide this a little bit is that Roman is still in a story with Kevin Owens, especially after what we saw in that match, that last man standing match at the Rumble. But then now, look what happened with Drew McIntyre and his quote-unquote best friend, Sheamus. So, like, they're both in stories. So it's not like, all right, well, Roman's in a story. That's going to lead us to WrestleMania. So obviously, Edge is going to pick Drew McIntyre. No, they're both in stories right now, which makes it more difficult to predict where this is going to go. Really good job by the WWE. A lot of times, Bully, we come on here and we complain about the creative in the WWE. Judging from what we've seen on SmackDown for months and judging what we've seen on Raw for the last couple weeks, I think creative's done a damn good job. Uh, I was happy with what I saw at the Rumble. I was happy what I saw last night on Raw. It's it's a good first step on the road to WrestleMania. There were a lot of things last night, like I said, whether it was uh, Edge and Orton or Alexa Bliss or returning Carlito or the debut of Damian Priest. Enough stuff there. The kid Bad Bunny not doing, you know, uh, half that bad of a job. Hey, everyone. This is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between new episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Just really quick, did you did you by any chance use a snowblower yesterday? I did use the snowblower yesterday. Anything, three anything times, happened? actually. Anything, three anything times. Happened? Well, we spoke on the phone. I almost died because <laughs> my driveway is extremely steep. Plus, it was slippery with the with the ice and the snow. So I slipped while using the snowblower, and it came within like three inches of my head. I wish that would have been caught on video for the nation to see. You don't belong outside doing stuff like that, do you? I really don't. I'm not handy. <laughs> not handy. Not you, handy you, at you all. Should, you should just be, you, just, just let Dave sit on the couch, watch his wrestling, yes. talk on the radio. You can do chores like vacuuming, maybe some light dusting. Other than that, stay away, right? Yeah, throw like a basket of you know dirty clothes in the you know laundry. I can do that every once in a while. So are you good at so you good at laundry? You good at doing the dishes? Make a pot of coffee oh, in the morning. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Dave. Oh, Dave. Do some pasta. Boil the water for the pasta. You know. Oh. So handy. Very specific. Very specific things. No, but seriously, like I went out three times with that. But anyway, we talked about this already. I feel like we talked about this already, Molly. And some I had this parts conversation of the have before. no idea what we're saying. That's right. Because there are, you know, it's, you know, in some areas, it's like 70 degrees today and sunny. That's so they don't I, give a yeah, shit that's about That's where I snow. should be. That's where I yeah. should be. And they're like, if they're going to complain so much about the snow, out they move. You know, I, I, I get it. I get it. But we had the question, and we're already getting a big response on the phones, and that is about your Royal Rumble winner, Edge, and what championship he should go after. Should it be the WWE championship, or it should be that Universal championship? It's going to be interesting, because, Bully, you can make a case for either one. Now, you just said it, and I like where you what you said, is that when it comes to Drew, since they're both baby faces, everybody loves Edge, and right now... Especially after what we saw on Sunday, everybody loves Drew McIntyre. So is it the right way to use Edge to go up against somebody that 
you you know, once it's all said and done, you want to be the face of your show Monday Night Raw? Or is it better for him to go after Roman, who is a heel, the head of the table? I mean, it's very, very interesting to see where they go with this. And you know what? I But I like the dynamic between Drew and Edge, and we'll see what kind of dynamic we have between Roman and Edge on Friday Night SmackDown. I mean, right off the top of your head, when you have those two choices in front of you, which one comes to mind? Which one are you choosing? I'm, I'm choosing Roman. I think Roman would be the better fit. There's, um, too much, there, there, there's so much meat on that bone, promo-wise, story-wise, match-wise, angle-wise, everything. There's so much there. Plus, the other thing, too, we just saw Edge wrestle Goldberg at the Rumble. So he already wrestled that Hall of Famer, that, you know, that legend. You, you know, mean, we talked. You, you mean Drew? I'm sorry, Drew. Drew. We saw. Drew. Oh, yeah, okay. I apologize. Did I say Edge? Yep. I meant Drew. Yep. We saw yep. Drew wrestle Goldberg. You know, we said how it took him to another plateau, that legend, that Hall of Famer. So why would we want to see Drew McIntyre do that again? And the other thing is with Goldberg, let's face it. We've seen Goldberg before. I think it was more of a fact that if that was an arena full of people, most of those fans would be rooting for Drew McIntyre. It's a different scenario with Edge. Edge is extremely popular, Bully. And you've you've already done it. You've already faced the Hall of Famer. You already faced the legend. So I don't understand why you would want to repeat the same story that you had at the Rumble at WrestleMania. Completely different story if, if Edge chooses Roman. Although Edge can do a lot for Drew when it comes to having that WrestleMania main event match. Edge is the guy that can take him there. Without a doubt. Have more of a, a classic match than Drew had with... Uh, Drew had with um, with Brock. True. I'm but, just trying to find the positives. Uh, if I had to make a case for Drew versus Edge, I'm trying to find some of the positives. But let me ask you this, Bully. When you look at that potential of that matchup, could that hurt Drew McIntyre? Because people love Edge. You know, you're, you're, you're presenting Drew McIntyre as the person that you want to be loved. Did you love Edge after that promo last night? I did. Okay, interesting. Okay, you you know why you did? Because he was speaking the truth, and you're older to know, yeah, old enough to realism. know better. Yes, right. realism. Edge had a little. Edge was a little bit of a dick last night to Drew, even though he was being truthful. And that's the interesting thing in society today. The more honest you are, it seems the more people want to dislike you because they only want to hear what they want to hear. So I could see people looking at Edge last night like, oh, wow, I don't, you know, Drew was trying to be so nice to him. Why did Edge say all those mean things? Why couldn't Edge just say, oh, thank you for the compliment and move on? So I could see some people. So what I'm saying is, if they did decide to go in that direction with Edge, Edge has that range where he could assume a heelish role. Do I think that's a smart idea? No. Do I think you're swimming upstream? Yes. Do I think you're fighting City Hall? Yes. P- P- Edge has an incredible story. And you don't you don't put somebody in the rumble at one, have them run the table, win the rumble, Beat Orton only to put him in a heel role. It, yeah, it doesn't it, make it, sense. It, correct. What I'm saying is, 
if they needed to do it with Edge and McIntyre, Edge could pull it off. All right, well, let's go out to the nation because we actually have a caller that would love to see Edge against McIntyre at WrestleMania. Let's go out to Jeff in South Dakota. All right, Jeff, make your case. Why do you want Edge and McIntyre at WrestleMania? Well, I tried calling it on my birthday because Bully asked why if there was anybody that didn't like it. Now, I'll give Edge all the credit. He's a great officer. I don't want to see Edge do it. I think he got more out of it going against Roman, and maybe he wins the Elimination Chamber, but we're not at that point. I think Edge gives Drew that one more big rub, one more big elevation that he needs to really cement himself as that next great big guy, where with Roman, you know you've got Big E that could be there. You could step to uh, Brock after that if you need to, and you know you got the Rock Roman out there if we get a big enough crowd. So there's plenty of people I feel that give him a you know a bigger step again afterwards. But I'm good with it either way. I'm just saying that my personal opinion, based on the Rumble, I'd rather seen Big E win and Edge come out of the Elimination Chamber to challenge one of the other ones. Well, and and that's the thing, Jeff. A couple of things from your phone call. One is that we still have a couple of pay-per-views before we get to WrestleMania. We have Elimination Chamber. We have Fastlane before we get to WrestleMania. So things can change with these scenarios, though I don't think that they will, but they can. Uh, But let me go to something I already asked you a little bit about before, but with what Jeff said. Jeff feels like Drew McIntyre needs that one more victory. Uh, Bully, I don't think he does. And again, like you said, it, it could be dicey with somebody like Edge. Yeah, he it's 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 swimming upstream if you're going to try to get people to boo Edge and cheer for Drew McIntyre. Does Drew beating Edge really propel him any higher? Whenever whenever superstars in the WWE are propelled to the next level, is it really about getting that one, two, three, or is about is it about the journey getting to the match? Is it about the development of the character? Is it about the way the the uh, the character resonates with the people? It's a harder time right now because we don't have those full arenas. Do I think uh, Drew beating Edge helps Drew? Sure, absolutely. But like. Okay, then, like, if we're putting this match together just so Drew can have a victory over Edge, we're cheating the WWE Universe. The WWE Universe doesn't deserve a build-up to WrestleMania just for a match, just for one match's sake, just so one guy can get another victory over a legend. Fans deserve a great story heading into WrestleMania. Fans deserve something that they can sink their teeth in so that when we eventually get there, it's going to mean something. Now, if it is Edge versus Roman, those are kind of two... I know Roman's not a veteran veteran, but he's been around for long enough where he's a locker room veteran. He's not the same veteran that Edge is. Kind of like two... I'd say two older guys going against each other, two guys on the same level going against each other. And this goes back to my argument for Edge McIntyre. It would help Drew to have a really strong match against Edge. 
Well, let me ask you this, because you talk about the match itself, but then you also mentioned a story and you mentioned about personality and character development. So if it's going to be Edge and Drew McIntyre, one one thing that you've said about Drew McIntyre, you love him in the ring, you love his look, but you said he needs a little bit more base and he needs a little bit more of development as far as being a badass. Could you get that? In a story with Edge leading to WrestleMania. You started to see a little bit of a start of that last night. Where Edge is trying to give him a wake-up call. Could you see that character development with Drew? If anybody is going to help bring it out of Drew. It's going to be Sheamus. If you want that base. If you want that badass. If you want that rough and tumble guy. You see Sheamus. If you remember the backstage promo last night. Drew was not happy. Because Sheamus touched a nerve with Drew. Edge didn't really touch a nerve. Sheamus did. Sheamus is the kind of heel that can do that for Drew. Bring it out of him. Drew is a big big dude. He's, you know, just look at him. You need somebody. And I go back to this all the time, Dave, because this is true for everybody. No matter what kind of baby face you are, a tiny little baby face or a monster baby face, you need somebody that can impose their will on you. Edge is not going to impose his will on Drew McIntyre. Sheamus can, because Sheamus can do it not only physically, but he can do it mentally because of the 20-year friendship and the Christmases together when they had no food and they had to split uh, a can of spotted dick or whatever they eat over there in England. So, you know, th- th- that's th- that's what's going to with resonate with the, uh, you know, with Drew, and that can bring it out of him. Yeah, and I think that's something, you know, what you just said, I think that's something that hurts like a Braun Strowman because Braun Strowman's been around for a while, but they've never had anybody where there's been a story that connected with Braun Strowman where you saw that like emotional side that got you emotionally invested in him or somebody that can match up with a Braun Strowman. This just came to me. I, I You know, whenever I always try to think about the story first. Mm-hmm. Imagine somebody was to step up to Drew and tell him, well, of course you're the WWE champion. You were Vince McMahon's boy. Vince McMahon chose you 19, when you were, not, however long it was, you know, like Vince chose you 10 years ago. Vince was in the ring by himself. He paraded you out there on SmackDown and called you the future And then what happened to you? You were a bust. You were a failure. You were such a failure that they couldn't even repackage you. They had to tell you to leave. They wanted people to forget about you. But the one person who never forgot about you was Vince. And Vince hates being wrong. And that's why you were allowed back in this house. You're Vince McMahon's chosen one. You hold that championship for a reason. And the reason is Vince will never admit defeat. How's that for getting under somebody's skin? You want to know something? That's a great story. That's a great story. And that perception, again, reality-based. We know that's true. Ten years ago, Vince McMahon 
made Drew McIntyre the chosen one, and he was a bust. And now he's back, and he's champion. And maybe it's because Vince McMahon never wants to be wrong. This is the same guy that, you know, tried to bring the XFL back after a major fall from grace. You know, bringing back a wrestler that he feels it's the the right time, giving him the championship title, and saying this is going to be the guy that's going to lead us to the future. It's not a bad story, Bully. I would even go as far to tell Drew... You know something, Drew, when Goldberg looked at you and he told you he didn't respect you, he wasn't talking about the fact that he didn't respect you as a man or he didn't respect your in-ring ability. He doesn't respect how you got there. Because Bill started as a nobody and became a somebody. You were handpicked. Nobody handpicked Bill. So, Drew, yes, everybody says hello to you backstage and everybody wants to be nice to you, but behind your back, they all know the truth. You're a Vince McMahon guy, and that's why you're a champion. Hey, everyone. This is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences, past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. I actually like the Damian Priest Bad Bunny pairing from last night. Damian Priest, we know from NXT, was that party guy. When he won his championship, he went right into the hot tub with a bunch of women with the music loud, drinking. Like that whole party atmosphere, Bad Bunny, perfect guy to have with you. I thought a really strong debut by Damian Priest last night. In hot tub. Um, I am very happy for Damian Priest. I am very happy for Punishment Martinez. When I saw him last night on Raw, the the lyrics that came to mind were from an ACDC song that I'm sure you'll know very well. It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. And Damian Priest has been at this for a long time. Yep. Chipping away, old school, grinding it out. Not this new way of getting yourself a job of bitching, moaning, complaining, yelling, screaming, taking to Twitter. Wah, wah, wah. I deserve it. Nope. That's not the Damien Priest style. He's been doing it the old school, the old fashioned way. Working hard, getting yourself over, and earning your spot. I'll never forget, Dave. Uh, one day I was at the Ring of Honor, uh, their, uh, their dojo, and Punishment was there, Damian Priest was there, and he had gotten a call from NXT, and he wanted some advice. And this was right before the, uh, the, the New Japan Ring of Honor you know, a, a G1 supercard at the Garden. Mm-hmm. And the timing was very interesting on this entire situation that, I, you know, I, I said to him, I go, now all of a sudden that they want you? Like, this is curious timing. But I didn't want to rain on his parade or anything like that. He's like, Bubba, I, what should I do? I've been waiting for this call my entire life. This is what I trained for. But, you know, why is it happening now? What should I do? And I said, bud, you have the look they they want. I go, you're talented. You just need some 
day-to-day help. You need somebody to get behind you and believe in you and, and you need to trust in yourself. Just make sure they have something for you to do. Just make sure there's an opportunity for you to get yourself over. And he said, I believe there is. The phone call I had with them, I truly, truly believe there is. And to remember that day a couple of years ago and then to see him in the Rumble and to see him on Raw, another guy who took a chance on himself, believed in himself, and it paid off. And we normally talk on this show about our concerns for guys and gals that get the call up from NXT. Last night left a real good taste in my mouth. Last night was a very positive night for an NXT call-up. He was in the Rumble. He eliminated some some dudes, eliminated Kane. Good debut last night. Hits his finish there with Bad Bunny. I mean, I don't know if we could have asked for more. And they did it, and they and they gave us his whole entrance. Yeah, and and you know, to go back what you're saying. You know, just to put a little bit of a a little cherry on top, Bully, you know, as a fan of Ring of Honor, like the Ring of Honor fans hated Punishment Martinez. Like, you know, for whatever reason, I guess, you know, the Ring of Honor faithful, you know, get behind a certain type of wrestler. Punishment Martinez wasn't that to the Ring of Honor faithful. And and that guy did fantastic work, and he he felt like – Maybe he was trying a little too hard. He has a look that a lot of like other organizations out of the, outside the WWE fan bases do not like. He looked WWE. Like when I saw him for the first time at Ring of Honor, I was like, this guy's going to be on Raw and SmackDown. There was no doubt in my mind that one day that guy was going to be a big star on Raw and SmackDown. And he did things as a big guy that you don't normally see. He did that, but no, he couldn't. Am I right or wrong? But he could never please that Ring of Honor fan base. He did not resonate. And he tried so hard. And the way he tried hard was to do more dives and more flips and more spots. And it wasn't working. And the Ring of Honor fan base is extremely fickle um, with who they want to like or don't want to like. And they gravitate towards the smaller, technical, spotty type of wrestler, not the bigger dudes. There have been one or two quote-unquote bigger dudes that have come through there. I mean, obviously, KO came through there, and Samoa Joe came through there. But those guys are not monsters like a Damian Priest. You know, Damian Priest goes 6'5". And Ring of Honor fans are such... They're fans of that work rate, you know, that New Japan work rate. And if you don't have that work rate, it's kind of they're the kind of fans that would call in and call a match crisp. Well, I mean, but but even <laughs> that's that, a Damian, very crisp match. But Damian Priest, I mean, Punishment Martinez at the time had a great work rate. Like they hated him right off the bat. Like they like they just did not accept him from day one because I feel like they looked at him and knew that this was a WWE prototype wrestler. I'm just guessing here. Maybe a Ring of Honor fan might call in. I, I always enjoyed Punishment Martinez. Now to take it to the next chapter, Bully, you mentioned about. 
you know, you had that conversation with him. What should I do? When he first went to NXT to go back to the point that you were thinking in your head, like, wow, this is such a, a weird time. Boy, they got that. We got the show coming in, you know, the garden show. This is kind of, this feels like retaliation by the WWE to start, yes. you know, picking yes. some ring of honor. And at first it felt that way. Cause if you remember when he did go on and was named Damian Priest for a while, you didn't see him on TV. And then when you did see him on TV, he was kind of like, quote-unquote, enhancement talent on TV. And we were worried. But then they took him off of TV for a while, brought him back. And since they brought him back, it was like they put the rocket on his back. And now we saw his debut on Raw. He's another example of how slow and steady can win the race. Slow build, slow burn. And that's what they did with him. And I... I wish this guy nothing but the best because if you want to talk of about a guy who I mean immediately when I see him I think of uh, of Scott Hall I think of Razor Ramon that look that feel I mean if he can be half the worker that a Scott Hall was in prime the sky is the limit uh, I liked what I saw I wish he would have not did his dive last night. I didn't need to see that step-up dive on The Miz and Morrison. I understand why they do it. It's like, oh, my God, look at the big man. He can, he can do this stuff. But I would almost like to have seen that saved. Tiny little thing. Who cares? Big deal. He went out there night one, got over. Big things ahead for Damian Priest. And it's funny when he went to NXT because you always called NXT kind of like the WWE's answer to Ring of Honor. Unlike Ring of Honor, the NXT faithful were instantly drawn in to, to Damian Priest, which I find kind of, you know, kind of ironic. But the other thing, too, and this is a big thing. It may not have seemed big at the time to a lot of fans, but honestly, it was. You know, Bad Bunny uh, is a big pop star. You know, he's huge right now. He doesn't resonate with, you know, the 49-year-old Dave LaGreca, but he does resonate to a very, very young fan base. WWE chose to take this big pop star that's a big mainstream draw and put him with Damian Priest. Wow. I mean, you talk about having confidence in somebody to do that like they did last night. I, I, I mean, that is... That has got to bold well for Damian Priest moving forward. I think of what I would have done or said if I was involved in a creative meeting with the pairing of a priest and a bad bunny, and I probably would have never understood it on paper. I would have never stood the idea verbalized to me. I just would not have gotten it because I don't understand – what Bad Bunny's fan base is, what it represents, how over it might be. But I am smart enough to know this. I know something that works when I see it work. And last night worked. And in wrestling, at the end of the day, as long as it's working is the only thing that matters. I'll sit here and I'll tell you why certain AEW style matches are wrong but they still work. The same way um, Jimmy Page would probably listen to C.C. DeVille yeah. playing guitar and could tell him why it's wrong, but it still worked. At the end of the day in wrestling, whatever works, 
whatever puts an ass in the seat, whatever draws a dollar is the right thing. So the Bad Bunny thing, I don't get it. But last night, I was entertained by it, and it worked. Yeah, and you want to know something, Bully? It's not for us. Like, you know, the WWE creative, and this is this is an interesting conversation because what do we say about the WWE? Their audience is is skewed old. Like, they, they have an older audience for the WWE product where, like, AEW is skewed towards a younger audience, and they have that younger audience. Um, what they did, this was a conscious effort. This is not for the 49 year old this is not for the over 50 which is the dominating viewer with nxt right now this is trying to get young and geared towards a younger audience hey if you're going to do that you're not going to put bad bunny with edge you're not going to put bad bunny you know with somebody that's you know an aj styles who's 44 year old no you're going to put him on this on the wrestler that's debuting for the first time that just came from nxt i think that's smart and 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 to put the uh, the cherry on top, like you said earlier, the icing on the cake. Priest debuts at the Rumble, eliminates a bunch of dudes. Yeah, eliminates Kane, shows up on Raw, gets his full entrance, sharing a spotlight with Bad Bunny, gets a win in the middle with his finish, and then later on in the show gets the most important thing that he could have gotten in the past 48 hours. And what's that? The, ru- the rub. The rub. Yeah. The rub. Just like The Undertaker gave the rub to John Cena 15 years ago, whatever it was, Edge gave the rub to Priest, saying, we need guys like you around here, or whatever the hell he sa- said to him. That right there, the endorsement of Edge to Damian Priest means more than eliminating Kane, means more than your entrance, means more than your victory, means more than the bad bunny thing. It's a guy who's a former world champion, beloved by the WWE Universe, who's accomplished everything in there, everything there is to accomplish, saying, yeah, stick around, kid. You're going places. And, 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 like, and Kane, even like on a WWE.com exclusive, put over Damian Priest to the moon as well. And listen, the Bad Bunny thing is significant, and here's why. You remember, Bully, when you know, Monday Night Raw had the, you know, the GM, the, the celebrity guest GMs every week. They would have like... Like freaking, you know, they would have Ozzy Osbourne, which is cool, but Ozzy Osbourne, you know, it, you know, not exactly uh, top forty, you know, at the time, uh, celebrity. They had people like John Lovitz, you know, and they like. It's good to see the WWE is being smart about the celebrities that they're putting on the show right now. Go after somebody that's big with like the teen audience, like Bad Bunny is. That's listen, AEW a couple weeks ago. They had, you know, Snoop Dogg, you know, that was big in the 90s. You know, you have Shaquille O'Neal, which, and again, I'm not, I'm not killing them for having these. Hey, when you get a chance to have a, a Snoop Dogg and a Shaquille O'Neal, you use it. But Shaquille O'Neal is retired from the NBA. He's, you think 90s, early 2000s when you think of Shaquille O'Neal. But when you think of Bad Bunny, you think 2021. I mean, this is, this is the start of something fresh and new for the WWE. If it works, it works. That That's all that matters. And normally, I would not be into... Like, I wasn't into the Bad Bunny performance with Booker T. It's just not my taste in music. Yeah. I didn't get it. I didn't even understand it, to tell you that. But you know what? Last night, 
seeing him out there with Miz and Morrison, and, 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 and bravo to Miz and Morrison. Let's give these guys the credit where they deserve. Because in wrestling, knowing your role is one of the most important things. And Miz and Morrison played their roles perfectly last night. Me and you can agree that we're not huge fans of the Miz and Morrison's shtick. Yes, but I agree. Last night, they performed their shtick to a T, and it helped get Bad Bunny and Damian Priest over. Hey, everybody, this is Fran Freshella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic fires it in to Mickey, and somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid have stolen victory from the jaws of defeat. Episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. From Puerto Rico, what's going on, Angel? What's up, mis hermanos? Hope you're all great today. I had to call you to touch on this topic. So, Angel, is Bad Bunny yeah. like a, a big deal in Puerto Rico? Bully, bully, bully. Bad, I don't want to compare them because they're totally apart. They're different genres, but... What ACDC and all that is to you, Bad Bunny is Puerto Rico. And apparently, it isn't just Puerto Rico, because if we talk facts and we talk views on the WWE's YouTube, Bad Bunny's presentation has 2.5 million, when every other video basically in the YouTube page is averaging 200,000 views. Wow. So wait a minute, wait a minute. You say if you go on the WWE YouTube page, the average WWE um, YouTube post has about 200,000 views and the Bad Bunny posts are getting about 2.5 million? Right now it's 2.5. I just shipped. Wow. That's pretty There you go. (laughs) And there's there's why that crossover is happening. Goldberg only Steven McIntyre has one million, and Bad Bunny has double that, and and he's still going to continue to grow. Is Bad Bunny is Bad Bunny a big? I'm sorry, Angel. Is Bad Bunny a big star only in Puerto Rico? Is he a big star all over the world? No, no, no. Right now, uh, he's the first artist to crack the uh, uh, USA Billboard with a number one song in uh, only Spanish. That's because that's why uh, the song Booker T is just Spanish because he wants to make it that Spanish is more heard uh, globally. And in terms of the WWE wise, he's been a fan since he's a little kid. He isn't out there just for a paycheck or something. And that's why he even sold when he threw himself off the top rope. He even sold that he's like injured and all that because he's really a fan of it. He definitely oh, put a lot Angel. into it. And, and Angel, thanks for the phone call. You know, Bad Bunny has over well over 2 million uh, Twitter followers as well. So, And the fact that he just said that that YouTube video is doing as well as it is, that, I mean, listen, uh, Bully, I mean, it's, it's a smart, smart move by the WWE getting him involved. You know, uh, this is this is kind of interesting. So, uh, Gabby or Ed, if you could look into this a little bit, I'm just curious. He said that Bad Bunny has about 2.5 million views. Nation, you can look into this also because I know you guys are pretty quick with this. Bad Bunny has 2.5 million views. He said the Goldberg spear on Drew did about a million views. Goldberg is a returning legend. Uh, Bad Bunny is a is a is a 
a, a rapper, a performing artist that's outside of the world of WWE. I would love to know what the highest view count for current contractual WWE talent is. What in-house talent is doing major numbers on YouTube for the WWE? Yeah, if and we could get, get back those to us numbers. on that. Yeah, yeah if get we get back could, to us on that. If we could get those numbers, that'd be very, very interesting. Let's go out to Kelvin in New York that wants to talk about Bad Bunny as well. What's going on, Kelvin? Hey, what's up, guys? I'm a huge fan from a long time. Um, I'm also a big Bad Bunny fan. Um, guys, Bad Bunny is the biggest star right now. Um, I follow a lot of like urban pages and stuff like that on Instagram with a lot of followers. Everybody on my feed on Instagram alone was talking about that. People that do not talk about wrestling at all. It it, it just the Hispanic market. I'm Dominican. It just went crazy from yesterday, um, from Sunday till yesterday. Especially yesterday when he came out in his car. There's a big feud also going on with some other rappers and stuff like that. So they're taking that into, you know, the the, the whole thing. So the, this is a huge, huge, huge um, increase in, in the Hispanic population go, going into and watching uh, the, w, the, the WWE product with this. Especially if they take this to WrestleMania, it, it's a lot of people watching. This guy, he has insane numbers right now in YouTube and Instagram and everywhere. It's pretty interesting, Dave. I mean, um, our past two callers are talking about how bad money are going to bring so many eyes to the product. Do you think that he'll turn eyes away just because it's another outsider trying to get into the world of pro wrestling? No, because if it's done the right way, I don't think that that will happen. And and Kelvin, thanks for the phone call. Because you know me, Bully. I always get upset at the fact if they let somebody from the outside come in and get over, you know, on uh, on the wrestler. Now we saw him do the cross body off the top, um, uh, you know, at the Rumble. But you know, again, if it's done in a way where it's it's tastefully done, and if it's done in a way where it doesn't hurt the product and it doesn't hurt pro wrestling, I I don't have a problem with that at all. And I didn't have a problem with what I saw at the Rumble, and I didn't have a problem with what I saw last night. Now, what Kelvin said is interesting as well that this is a big deal. So, like, hey, if you so think about it, bully, if you're getting footage of you know Bad Bunny on Monday Night Raw from last night, and you're putting that on mainstream tv which the wwe loves to do who's at the side of 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 bad bunny it's damian priest it's somebody brand new to the main roster think about that and you know what hey you know what uh you know puerto rico Damian Priest, uh, raised in Puerto Rico, Bad Bunny from Puerto Rico, goes hand in hand. The Hispanic culture in pro wrestling has been huge for decades. For de- I, I've always, I think I've, we've had this discussion, but where they need to do more to tap into the Hispanic market because they're so loyal and so big, and they have such a huge fan base that follow pro wrestling. I'm surprised that this wasn't done sooner. But if you have Bad Bunny, who's a think about it. Bad Bunny's not even just a wrestling fan. His hit single is a song called Booker T for crying out loud. This is a win-win all around. Great job by the WWE. The only way that song could have been bigger if he would have sang Stevie Ray. 
<laughs> I don't think so. But but I mean, I uh, hope that gets back to Booker. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. But I mean, again, this is this is the type of thing that they need to do. Bully, they need to get younger. The WWE needs to tap into a younger audience. Bully, you know, like ten years ago, the WWE was big with kids, right? John Cena resignated with kids. You saw the toys all over Toys R Us and all. That's not the case anymore. You know, you go into a Walmart, those toys are gone. It's, 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 they're not resonating with that young audience. Well, maybe this resonates with that audience, you know, 18, 20, 25 year old. And that's what they need to do right now, the WWE. Ed just sent us a message. Think about this. His book, uh, Bad Bunny's performance of his song, Booker T, has 2.3 million, 2. million views on YouTube which is more than any other clip from the Royal Rumble. Wow. Wow. And just talking about how loyal the Hispanic, the Dominican, the Puerto Rican um, uh, fan base is and has always been. Think about when we were kids, Dave, how over was Pedro Morales? Oh my gosh, he was he was the he was the king. That just to the point where that they had him follow Bruno San Martino and there's a lot of people that were at their match at Shea Stadium, Pedro and Bruno that said that more people were rooting for Pedro over Bruno San Martino. Think about that. And and that's crazy because back in the day, the pro wrestling wasn't afraid to go with uh, a demographic versus demographic. Bruno, Bruno versus Pedro was the Italians versus the Hispanics, and the Italians were were, were <laughs> to Italians. Bruno was God, you know, yep. in, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and Bruno San Martino, and, and you know, and, to, and Pedro to the Hispanic community was the same. So stuff like that always worked, and it seems like from the numbers we're hearing right now, this crossover is really resonating with the Hispanic wrestling fan base. Hey everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host Kirk Morrison, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. As I'm watching Alexa Bliss perform last night, I'm just, I'm, I'm blown away by how good, if not great, she is with everything that is handed to her. I never walk away from an Alexa Bliss performance feeling, feeling underwhelmed or, ah, she didn't really pull it off that well. Whether she was wrestling in a ring, doing the moment of bliss, the storyline that she's in now, being possessed or being, you know, whatever it is, that girl gives 110% and is an incredible reactor. She can do more with her facial expressions and her eyes than just about anybody I've ever seen. Um... Just just la- last night when she was walking up the ramp and her and, and, and Randy's music hit, just the subtle way her face changed. 
It wasn't like she went from smiley to stoic. It was a subtle transformation. And that stuff right there is, is money. And then I'm thinking to myself as I'm watching her wrestle. Now, I know her and Nikki Cross are having more of a... Uh, uh, of a walk it and talk it kind of match, but there's enough physicality they had to cut for the costume changes. I get it, blah, blah, blah. Pro wrestling, sports entertainment. This story especially is going to give us a lot of different things that we're not used to seeing in a wrestling match. But her physicality is always on point. Listen, whether you know how to do one move or a hundred moves, when you don't wrestle in a while, and are not doing this all the time, that ring rust will set in. Well, I, don't, I never see the rust with her. I never see her not able to execute her moves properly or not take a bump properly. Last night, Alexa hit Nikki Cross with a right hand, and Nikki Cross took such a crisp back bump. I was like, holy shit, that's as good as the men do it. And light years better than most of the women. So I continue to be impressed by everything that Alexa Bliss does. Uh, great job by Nikki Cross uh, last night also. It takes two to tango. Yeah. Uh, her reactions to Alexa. I love the twist that Alexa has now put on Sister Abigail. As I said at the beginning of the show, I was going to put this girl over to the moon. I don't know what more I can possibly say about her. Uh, she does. She has been doing an excellent job. I'm sure she is going to continue to do an excellent job. And I'm always extremely entertained when she's on my television. And here's the thing, too, Bully. You don't have to overthink it. We talked about some of the greatest feuds of all time last week. Like Sergeant Slaughter and the Iron Sheik, it started with a glance, a stare down. As, you know, one was going to the back and the other one was going to the ring. Look at what we saw last night with Alexa Bliss and Randy. You know, Alexa Bliss gives that glance to Randy, and Randy almost, I mean, maybe it was fear, maybe it was something else, would not look at Alexa Bliss. I thought that was very, very telling, and this is a continuing story that I'm totally into. Now, a lot of people, and, you know, maybe myself, a lot of the things that we're seeing is unlike things we've seen before because, obviously, this is not in front of a live crowd, so they can do something cinematic-wise, and like you say, edits and cuts. But the one thing I will say, I'm extremely intrigued by what's going to happen next with Randy and Alexa and The Fiend. But more importantly, how it's really brought out the best in Alexa Bliss. Her performances have been just unbelievable. And that is how you buy into a storyline moving forward, Bully. When it comes to The Fiend, Bray, Alexa, Randy... The last thing on my mind these days are pro wrestling. It's sports entertainment, especially the entertaining part. I'm watching a horror movie. I'm watching something different. Everybody is doing a great job in their roles, and even Randy. And I said this a couple of weeks ago. I don't really like Randy in these situations, but Randy's doing a great job with it. I And, and you mentioned last night, Randy would not look at her. Was it fear? What was it? Why wouldn't Randy look at her? Is Randy really afraid of that pint-sized demon? Was he fo was he so focused on on Edge maybe that he didn't even realize that they were across the path? Like those questions 
are so intriguing that that keeps the story going in our own minds. And when the story keeps going in our own mind, now next week, I'd like to see if Randy and Alexa cross paths again. Hell, do Randy and Alexa kind of like each other after all of this harm they've inflicted on one another? Is Randy going to, we know that Alexa likes Randy. She said, he, he's my favorite. Is Randy going to try to win over Alexa, which is going to make the fiend vulnerable and jealous? Ooh, I don't know. I guess I'll have to tune in next week. That's why I wish that they still... That I was still, writing for the company? Yeah, I totally understand. Yeah, I, 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 I will say that, Bully. But also something that you brought up yesterday, which is so true. I wish they would have kept the scarring on Randy's face because that would have been a constant reminder of what took place. So when you had that fear, possibly, where Alexa's looking at Randy, you know, Randy could, you know, touch his face or look at a reflection of the scarring on his face. And that's a constant reminder of what the Fiend and Alexa did to him. And you know how I just talked about the gradual change in Alexa's face when Randy came out? Well, if you got burnt... Whether it's third-degree burns, first-degree burns, there's going to be a gradual reduction in redness, in swelling. It would not be gone from last Monday night to this past Sunday. At the very least, his skin would have looked pinkish. You know, like like lobsterish kind of color, red, pink. Just enough. And then when it all would have went away... Maybe that little scar where the where the where the where the flame hit him the worst could have been there. And then in a couple of weeks, Randy and Alexa get real close and Alexa puts her finger on the scar just to remind them I'm the pint sized demon that did this to you. I I I I have no idea why they would let that scarring go. They did such a good job the week before, and maybe it's backlash. People were like, why, you know, why has he got the mask on? Man, like, that, that to me, that opening se- a sequence of Monday Night Raw, when Randy was talking about what, you know, what Alexa and the Fiend did to him, like in the scarring, and he had to wear a mask over, why would they abandon that? When you invested so much time and, and airtime on that show to get us to buy into it why they abandon i i have no idea why they would do that these are questions that i cannot answer i've i can only take you so deep into their thought process and i can take you as deep as what i know to be fact if if i was in that creative meeting when they were discussing this the first and i'm sure other people did first thing i would have brought up is randy's face he's not fully healed yet has to be a natural progression of healing. We went out of our way to burn this guy's face. Burned it so bad he had to wear a mask. Then he comes out without the mask on and his entire face is fried. Like he spent uh, 10 hours in the sun. And then the next week it's completely gone. Yeah. I don't care if Randy said I had first degree burns. Okay, first degree burns still leave a, a little bit of a mark. And they're not gone in one week. And you could never have put enough ass cream on your face to make all of the scarring go away. 
Yeah, and, you know, and then, you know, if you're going to use ass cream, make sure you wash your hands. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.